Today, many students go to college with numerous questions about their faith, yearning to know if the seed planted in them as a child is both true and practical. Using the miracle on the road to Emmaus as a model, young adult ministers conversed weekly for three months with college students about the most pressing questions they had about the Catholic faith. As they journeyed together virtually, something amazing happened. Doubts disappeared, fears faded, and Jesus revealed that he is still alive. Hearts Burning Within Us, the latest book from Patchwork Heart Ministry, is a result of that grace-infused conversation. It is the perfect back-to-school gift for recent high school graduates and current college students. Get your copy for them today at patchworkheart.org or by calling 424-704-3278. That's 424-704-3278. Welcome to the Sewing Hope Podcast. This is a show all about implanting hope in our hearts. I'm Bill Snyder, joined by my friend Ann DeSantis. We're glad you're here for our uplifting conversation about faith and how it sustains our hearts through all the seasons of life. Thanks for walking with us. Hello, welcome to the Sewing Hope Podcast here. My name is Ann DeSantis, I'm the co-host and my other host, Bill Snyder, is not able to join us this evening. So from myself and from Sewing Hope and Patchwork Heart Ministry, we wish all of you uh, our best and thank you for joining us here on this podcast. As I have an amazing guest with me, I have Ellen Mongan. She is a Catholic wife, mother, and author. Now, before we begin, I would love to read you her, her beautiful bio. Is it Ellen Mongo? Excuse me, Mongan is an author, blogger, speaker, and Wow Mom podcast host, founder of the Little Pink Dress Ministry, author of Wow Mom Bible Study. Ellen Mongan has walked down the road of motherhood for over four decades. The, this journey birthed her ministry. She is a woman of wisdom, teaching the younger generation how to navigate through their own unique path of motherhood. Ellen is a published author and has a new Bible study called Wow Mom. Ellen is a fabulous speaker and can speak on any aspect of life for women. Contact her for bookings. Uh, Ellen, thank you so much for joining us on Sewing Hope. Thank you for having me. I just enjoy it so much talking to the younger generation. That's what I like to do. Tell mothers out there that you're doing the most important job that there is forming the next generation. 
Yeah, I, I totally agree. And, uh, you know, you and I both are beyond having little kids running around the house. And I know you have grandchildren. I don't have grandchildren yet. Um, but it is such an important time uh, to reflect on, you know, that time of your 20s, 30s or 40s where you're, um, you know, raising those kids, you know, and, and many of our people who listen to this podcast are moms, although I'm sure there's some people listening that are, uh, you know, male and also fathers or dads too listening to us. Um, and they're, they're going to learn something from this podcast too. So um, why don't we start out with your, your own faith journey, whatever you want to share. Um, tell us about your family, your faith and your life. Okay, sure. I was, um, I was brought up a sheltered person and a Catholic school girl. And I went to Catholic school from my fourth grade to eighth grade. Before that, as a family, my dad was a nuclear chemist. We moved every year. And so the nuns really formed within my soul, the Catholic faith. And it, it was really stayed with me. But, you know, as we all go into high school, we want to be popular. I don't know if you were like this, but I want to be popular. It wasn't really in vogue to say you're a smart person and have good grades or to say that you knew the Lord Jesus Christ. So I kind of put my faith under a bushel basket and I let my faith shine through my actions, but didn't speak about knowing a personal relationship with Jesus. I met the Lord when I was seven years old in the Eucharist. So I didn't tell people that I just kept that little secret. I was popular, had a lot of fun, enjoyed life. And, you know, but then we're not all saints when we're in high school either, you know. So I ended up um, praying about what college to go to. And my parents moved south. And I was in Louisville, Georgia. It was like Mayberry, if y'all know Mayberry. It's one of yeah. At the time from Illinois, it didn't seem that neat. And I, um, I actually went to Georgia Southern for three days, three days. And there was drugs, drinking, and sex at the college. And I was like, oh, my word, I'm a Catholic school girl. I want to leave. So I left after three days. And then I went to another college a few, like, few semesters later. It was in Tampa. And I found the same thing to be true. So I said to my parents, I really would rather go down and be a, a stewardess. I thought that was a safer career. And it was. And believe it or not, it was a safer to be with the adults that weren't doing drugs during the sex because they were flying to plane. So I became an Air Force stewardess and um, married my roommate's cousin, which is Patrick Monken. Peggy Syke was my roommate. And um, we became cousins then. We were roommates and now were cousins. And we ended, I ended up giving my heart back to the Lord when, when this is how it went. We married, we got dated, we started dating in October. I knew him a couple of years before. Married in, in um, the next, so I got, yeah, got married in May and got married the next May. And we ended up um, having a boy and a girl. And it was like the perfect life here. I lived in suburbia. My husband's a physician. I have a boy and a girl. It's like the perfect life, no dog. <laughs> and so what ended up happening was, um, I gave my heart back to the Lord. I was so happy that I had just such a fulfilled life. Y'all think of the perfect life is like a boy and a girl and a husband. And so what happened was I came back through the charismatic renewal. If any of y'all know about it, it's, it's one of the ways of walking with the Lord in the Catholic faith. And I did. And then I prayed so hard that if um, Pat were to find Jesus, my husband, because he wasn't a believer, he was actually a pagan. If Pat will find Jesus, I will give up my diamond ring. So Pat found the Lord. And my diamond ring went to a, a ministry and I, I kept no ring on my finger. No, I mean, not a ring, I had a, a band, you know, but I, I had it till I got this just a few years ago. I hope we could see it. Maybe, maybe not. It's a pearl. 
And I beautiful. I asked Laura, I said, I, I said, I really think I want to ring now. It's 40 years later. <laughs> I'm married 48 years. You know, I think I want to ring now. And I don't want to just have someone else's ring or wear my mom's or, you know. And so I, God told me to get a pearl because it, to give your heart to Jesus, you find the pearl of great price. Mm-hmm. You can't trade that for a piece of jewelry because jewelry comes and goes. You know, sometimes you can lose your diamond even, but you can never lose the, the anointing that God gave. So Pat became a deacon in the, in the Catholic church. I'm getting ahead of myself. He did not find the Lord when he said, so the ring went away. And then Pat went, so we moved to Vernal, Utah. And Pat went to practice there in the middle of the different kind of culture. Pat did find the Lord. He found the Lord through his intellect. And it was so, so good for me to see that, that everyone finds the Lord a different way. I found the Lord through my time with the nuns and Catholic formation. And he found the Lord through reading all the popes and goals and and all the all the scriptures and I said I think Pat found the Lord and my partner said how do you know I don't know I think it's different so he did and he became as the story moved on we had we had the boy and the girl then in Utah girl and then Pat came to study the Catholic faith we moved back to the south which was really I had left my heart in the south as always so so that's my story and, and then now people say to me when I was not having a ring they were going well you could buy another ring I go I don't think it's the time. I really didn't think God wanted me to do that. It's giving up something in the Lord. Anyway, I want it back. You know, we're all like that. You know, we give something and we say, now I'd like it back. Well, no, that's not how God works because our heart's supposed to be set on him. And so the time is right. And I tell people my story. It's in Catholic Mom. It's called The Pearl of Great Price. And you can read it, the whole story there. And I, I think it's a good testimony. People came to me the other day. I told my testimony and I was at a Catholic church, our church, at a meeting that was leaving. They go, you can't have your diamond ring. Let's see, it's because the pearl of great price is Jesus himself. So mm. that's the story. Wow, what a faith. I mean, that's beautiful. I didn't know that about you. I didn't know about that, about the ring. And uh, that's just a great story. And, you know, that's one that like your kids and your grandkids will remember about you. So I'm, I'm blessed that you told us that story. Now, um, we are going to talk a lot about your book. I know we, I can't wait to do that. But before we do that, um, now I know there's another book that you want to share with us about. Can you please tell us about that other book? Sure. When I lived in Vernal, Utah, um, Pat was first going to work at the university up in Salt Lake. And I was, I moved there, you know, from Gainesville was in a charismatic like community support. And there was no one there that knew the name of Jesus I could find. I tried really hard though I did. And I told him there isn't Jesus in his Lord. But um, I, I sat up in an apartment, I don't do winters, and I was with two small children. One was one was two and one was three or something like that. And I wrote this book in like a week, and that's why I always share about it, because in the book, while I'm on the Bible site, it says, find time with your children to play with them. Mommy, mommy, play with me. Because the best toy you can have for a child is you, you know, being animated. And so this book is, is a sub, it's like, it's a, in this book, it'll lose mom, mom. It talks about, you know, the other book, which mm-hmm. is I might play with me because says take a chapter and be there. You know, you don't want to be a, ch- a mother that's you're their best toy and they want you at their beck and call. But I find in motherhood and I raised eight children because our, as our story went on, you kept having children. You're open to life. Um, they, you don't want to be the mom that's saying, mommy, come here, mommy. Like if you take the time, like an hour with the children, quality time, and that's what this is, book is about is I take an hour a day and do something with the children. Then they would be on their own with each other and having fun because they got that attention. They were so craving and they acted, you know, they, I'd say like, even my prayer time and I go, I'm going to take an hour of prayer time from 10 to 11, Lord. I'm going to set the kids with puzzles. And if they don't need me, I mean, I was right there with them. 
I will be able to do my prayer time. And some days, you know how they need you to stop an argument or do, but I always had my prayer time and I go, well, Lord, this is it. That's the day she has lost on the phone rang. Yeah. But I did, I did have to have the prayer time in order to get, in order to be able to get through the day of having so many children. Because see, I never had babysat aunt. I never had diapered a child. I never had cooked. I never had done a dish. And I don't think I ever did laundry. So I had to learn all that as a mother. I mm-hmm. the Lord told me one day, he said, Your biggest miracle in your life, Ellen, is that you I made you a mother. And I got such a mother's heart from my firstborn when I held that child. And then I was able, I embraced it. And then the Lord taught me as long the way, because I was like his, you know, remedial child. I'm like, what do I do now, Lord? <laughs> you know, when you don't know something, God has to step you through it, or you have to find a mentor. So now I mentor moms and I teach them the way and I teach them the joy of motherhood because I was a child that didn't have those skills. So how do you like that? <laughs> I know, I love it. I love it. Now that that's just a great story. And like I said, I'm really happy that we're getting your story on video. Uh, not only for the the audience that's watching this, which I know there's people that are watching this right now, but it's also a beautiful keepsake for you and your family and also for the grandkids that they can hear your stories and hear you talk about it. So um, I just love that. Now let's spend some time talking about Wow Mom, a walk with with God, uh, God Mom's Bible study. Okay. And... Um, and I'm a little blurry over here on my end. I'm no, sorry. I don't know. I don't know. Mine is fine. But let's see. Well, mom was um, one day I told Anne this the other day or today, maybe I said, you know, God called me to write Bible studies. Well, I was like, whoa, <laughs> you're the wrong gal because I never had written a Bible study. I love to, to go to Bible studies. And, you know, we know in the Catholic faith, there's many now that I'm 68. So when I was younger mother, if you wanted to go to Bible study, you'd have to dip into a different church than your own. And so I bring Bible studies and I go to Bible studies on the faith now. This Bible study is great because it's divided into sections. Their first is a, is like, it's a topic. So let's say chores. This is my favorite thing to talk about. And because I, since I wasn't given any chores, my mom did it all. She's an Italian mother and she got, she did all the work and she just wanted us to just go play so she could get it done. And then we, then we had base when she, when we moved south. So I go, okay. I didn't know how to do anything. So I wanted them to be sure and have the life skills they needed, right? To be able to get through life. Like if they had to wash their laundry at college or something, they didn't have that big up to do it for them. And so I, I divided up in just different things. And one is chores. And so it says like what I did, like a personal example, then it, then it shows scripture of what, what scriptures would you use for chores. And then um, it has a place for you write in what you think. And then as a little prayer and then a challenge. So it's divided into little sections. And the truth is you get so much out of a Bible study place that are listening and gentlemen too, because you learn first, you go in thinking, should I even go? And then when you go, you meet nice people. They share something like one little souvenir, one little nugget that you take home in your heart and you grow from that. You go, whoa, if I hadn't gone, I might not have heard that. And it changed my life. I can't tell you how many times I've been around Christian women in a setting like I used to run a women's ministry in one church. And I, I learned from the people that I'm, I'm mentoring, even, you know, the ones that are, are younger than me, you learn from everybody and everyone learns from you. So don't be afraid to try a Bible study. I made this, this Bible study work for moms that would be the same ages around the same, or at least the same age of kids. And a lot of Bible studies, you have a Bible study leader. But the beauty of this is that you are teaching each other. And that's the beauty of that. You can have yeah, because for- everybody's, there's no... Christian in in the Christian life in the Catholic life, right? There's nobody that's above anybody else. You know, we're all walking with the Lord, and 
And so, you know, that's a beautiful thing. You did a wonderful job with this, with this book, really. I, I have to say that not only is the book, um, it's a nice size. I mean, it's not a tiny little book. It's a big size book um, with a beautiful cover. And, you know, I, I even like the size of the print, which is, yeah, is so the, nice. And it's on the cover and the, the book was um, published by Covenant Books, Inc. And so you all check that out. I told them I'd advertise them. I always advertise my own books. They like, well, I get on, you know, I have Wild Mom for my podcast and y'all check that out on YouTube. And I tell women that, um, you know, this is a company that I, I really trust. This is our, I'm doing a third book with them. I trust them that much. So this year, I'll have two more coming out. Hopefully, um, my editor is my husband. You met him. And we are, you know, we're the opposite couple. That's what we do, the pitfalls in marriage because he's a turtle and I'm the hare. And we all know the turtle went really, really slow in the hair and perfectly, you know, perfectly step. And the hair was running and the hair got tired. So I, I get tired. Sometimes I get impatient. You know, I say, yeah, we got to get this to the publisher. <laughs> this has got to be edited. So today we sent the last two. I mean, I, I'm talking about if you all have done books, edit seven, edit, you know, you edit it again. And it went today. And one book that I, that's coming out and you'll like, I think, is a book for moms that like retreats because it's a journey of four women, four of the mountaintop women that went on retreat together for 30 years. We all have large families or we're all got to be best friends and shared life and go, we used to call it four of the mountaintop and we actually go to the beach. <laughs> and the cover of that one's arms going up like this, all holding hands. So we, I, I just, I, I pray and then the Lord gives me an idea for the cover. They will do the cover for you as well. So the other book is, a, it's called The King's Crown. It's for children. It's about how God puts on our head an invisible crown. And one day we, we put those crowns before the Lord. That's our, as we do kind deeds and as we love the Lord with all our heart and our life becomes a thank you to him. We're not earning our way to heaven. We're thanking him for what he has done and little jewels go in your crown. And then one day we crown him with many crowns and we bow before him. And he look, we look back and we go, it was all grace in the first place. So that's my mm -hmm. but my mom is my favorite because it is a journey don't you think and when you're a mom you mm -hmm. start out and you you have that little baby and you say what do i do <laughs> and then you get, yes you can't get used to that baby and then the next one comes and my second one was a kind of a strong old child my first one was like easy peasy and the second mm -hmm. one and you go wow the second child it really that's when i came back to lord i came back to like full-time here I am, Lord, I give you my all. And she's still my, my, my child that is very wise and wonderful. And I mean, she's, she's strong in every way. So that's a good thing. Mm -hmm. you know, not to be a good thing as they're older, to be strong against drugs, strong against drinking. She's old now. She, she's probably my age. She, yeah, you know, I said 42 mm -hmm. in my mind. <laughs> she's probably something. Oh, that is so beautiful. So beautiful. I love your um, charism of the way that you mother not only your kids, but I know you've talk, talked to me about your grandkids. Um, and you're such a good proponent for people who might be listening that, uh, you know, maybe they're in their thirties or early forties or, um, or even possibly early thirties maybe. And, you know, contemplating that whole idea of having the bigger family. Um, sure. so I didn't know if you wanted to share anything on that because that certainly is, you, you certainly are a good example, I think for people who are afraid because maybe it could be that they're busy with work or that they didn't come from a big family to begin with. You know, some people who only came from maybe one or two kids um, afraid to take the step to have 
you know, more than a couple or more than three or whatever. So I didn't know if you had anything to say about that. I do have a lot. I always have a lot to say. And that's like, that's a little collective. I'll say, yes, I do. I went, I went to one of Pat's teachings the other day and I go, I never talk when he first asks a question because I'll, I'll share and he wants me to let someone else have a turn. So this is our turn together. You just pop into the show. Um, yes. I think that um, each baby you have is a challenge to the marriage. So you have to be strong in your marriage. You don't have a baby to make your marriage strong. You strengthen your marriage through sacrifice and commitment. And what we, what we know as Catholics is that we have to rub off the rough edges on each other, but we also are there to get the other spouse to heaven. We're supposed to be highly loving them in, but you don't have a baby for that reason either. But as you have a baby, that's why I wrote the book the way I did. What do we grow when we're toilet trained? Lots of patience. How about sleepless nights? Lots of love for that baby. It's amazing that a mom of many children can wake up with a fever, maybe even, and nurse that baby through the night before you wake up. <laughs> and then take that little to toddler and diaper them as you take four kids to school in the carpool with a smile on their face. I would say carpool mom lives to God, as I say, because, you know, truly, we have a role to play that if we don't like see that God's grace is upon it, we look back and say, how did I ever do that? But I did, I did spend a lot of time in prayer, and I did. I had to have my prayer time to make it through because I had so many close together children. I had 12, six children in 12 years, and then the last one, we had a baby die. Our last, our eighth one did pass away, and it was full term. And it was very, I'm talking about, think about the hardest thing you ever did in your life, like climbing a mountain with no shoes on, you know. And so that was another experience. But because of Zachary, our little angel that's in heaven, we, God used me to speak to other women. That's why I mentor women. These are all the reasons I mentor women. It's because, you know, what do you do at that point? It's just like having your firstborn. You're on unknown territory. You're walking where you've never walked before. But didn't Jesus do that? You know, didn't he do that as well? He had to walk. He didn't. He had. He knew he was came to die. You know, priest said about this, this Sunday. He came to die, but he didn't really. I don't know if he. He was still on the unknown. You know, he's still fully human, fully God, he knew, but he, then knowing, like, say, you know, about having a baby and then you actually have the baby, <laughs> you know, say, you know, but then you actually do. And you know what? There's a difference there. Somewhere between um, the mountain and the molehill. <laughs> you know, yeah, think? that's beautiful. Uh, so well said. And I think it's a great encouragement for families when they can hear someone like you give encouragement that, you know, there's so many beautiful pluses to, um, to having kids, right? And to having more than a few too. Let me uh, show this. Let me show this. When we we were raising the children, we were very tired. You know, there's a lot to do. We went to every game. You know how you do with, as a mother. But that now that we're older and we have the grandkids and we watch our children, not so we even the grandkids, which we, you know, you love with all your heart. Watching your own children become your best friends and watch your own children love each other so much and be there for each other. I have, unfortunately, I have arthritis and so I wasn't able to watch all my grandbabies, a lot of grandmas watch the grandbabies. I was able to help with the first two, but then I wasn't able to, but my children watch each other's, you know, they, it's kind of almost better, you know, if you have two, there's only two helpers, but we got, I have four girls and three boys and we all kind of live in the same neighborhood, minus a few. And they, like, I see them have someone else's child and I have Maggie today, do you want to go to the park? And I, I tag along where I can because they all know how to mother from watching. I didn't, I didn't, with me and, because I didn't have those skills to begin with, I didn't care which way they did something. I said, as long as the job gets done, I didn't care if we got it. Yeah, there wasn't a to-do list. Yeah. 
I so, understand what you mean by that. Yeah, absolutely. Just get the job done. And I wasn't, I wasn't, some mothers are more picky than others. That's not a wrong thing. If my children would have excelled me in that they do everything better than I would have done. They throw all the events are at my oldest, my second oldest daughter's house or my oldest daughter in this neighborhood. We have Sunday dinner and we get together and we, we laugh and we have some wine and we cook good meals and we're a cooking family. That was one of the things in the book. We learned all the kids learn to cook and they all cook together. And sometimes we bring a dish and some someone hosts. I don't know. There's blessings. You know, when you look at something, you say, I always share about a Christmas package, you know, and you say, I want the one with the pretty bubble. But when you're doing the motherhood journey, <laughs> you don't always feel like you're getting the present with the pretty bubble. Sometimes you're getting a dirty diaper may spit up on your blouse. And I'm like, those who know me know that I don't like spit up on my blouse, but I did bear with that patiently. But you know what? You, the present, as it unwraps and opens, you begin to see that this is a treasure that you didn't even know was there. So it's, it's, it's a growth, though. Don't you think, and the first child you have, you're overwhelmed. Then you have the second one, you're overwhelmed again. <laughs> By the time you get to the seventh one, you know, driving those carpools in your, in your 40s, you think, well, you know what? <laughs> God is. <laughs> <laughs> you did an amazing job. I just want to say that this is a great book for uh, the holidays. And so, you know, consider getting the Wow Mom, A Walk with, with God, Mom's Bible Study on Amazon and purchasing it for uh, a friend of yours, you know, uh, one of your kids, a neighbor, somebody at church, um, or just getting a, a bunch of them and hosting some people at your house or online. You don't even have to do it at your house. You could do like a Zoom meeting, right? Where you can okay. uh, have everybody buy the book and then meet on Zoom. So. I think it's a great idea, but, um, but yeah, I, I want to thank you for all you do, who you are and love that you give, because that's really what all of it is all about. It's just to being open to the Holy spirit and being open to God's will in your life. And, um, yeah, you want to contact, I say, if you want to contact me or I think the book is on my website, but I, I think better to get it on Amazon or at the other places, which is Barnes and Noble. And my, my website is www.ellenmongan.com. See, now this is what I'm not good at. ellenmongan.com is my website. My, my email is well, Ellen. So ellenmongan.com would be where you'd look. So please, please, again, ladies, don't be afraid, right? Just step on the unknown. Don't you think, Ann? We both have done that. We've stepped yeah. on the unknown and God always has more. He'll fill you with more and more grace. That's right. That's right. I want to thank you for being on the Sewing Hope podcast. Now, I would like to apologize because I know that my co-host, Bill Snyder, wanted to be here, but he's got a very busy December with uh, sure. some time away with family. And, um, you know, he's got his first baby, little Elvin Francesco, and his oh. wife, Agnes. So uh, he sends his best. And uh, thank you, Ellen, again, for joining us on Sewing Hope. Thank you for having me. And I'd love to send him a copy of this. I will. I will send him for his... Christmas. I think his wife will love it. Thank you so much. Now for all of us here at Patchwork Heart Ministry, keep sowing hope into broken hearts. God bless. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to this episode of Sowing Hope on Patchwork Heart Radio. For more information about this podcast and our ministries, visit our websites, patchworkheart.org and andesantis.com. You can also follow and interact with us on Twitter at PWH Ministry 
or Andy Santis, too.